Hey athletes, I'm Adam. And I'm Lindsay. And this is Burpee Nation. Burpee Nation. Oh. Should we do it again? No. Good enough. Hello and welcome into this episode of the Burpee Nation podcast where we talk a little bit of running, a little bit of CrossFit, a little bit of OCR, and today we have somebody who deals with a little bit of running, a little bit of CrossFit, and a little bit of OCR. A lot of it. A lot of bit of all that. A lot of bit of all of it. <laughs> and she's a registered dietitian. Yeah. Uh, we are going to play for you our chat with Corinna Coffin, who you may recognize from High Rocks. Spartan Games. Spartan Games. I believe she used to do a lot of Spartan Stadium races. Yeah, she was um, on the pro team. She is the official dietitian of OCR Dream Team. Nicole Miracle's OCR Dream Team. Yep. And um, so, are we just gonna ignore the motorcycle? Yeah. Sorry. I was just gonna let it go. All right. Well, that happened. That happened. <laughs> uh, so yeah, we are gonna we are gonna play our, our chat with her. Um, if you want to follow her, her Instagram is cscoffin13. And you will find that in the description to the podcast. Uh, her website for being a dietitian is therdathlete.com. RD stands for Registered Dietitian, if you're not sure. You're so smart now. You might have just thought like, oh, I'm not even going to try to make something catchy up. So Real deal. Realdealathlete.com. <laughs> um, so she, I believe, is a little backed up on... Taking on new clients. Yeah, I think she said there was a wait list, but she said definitely sign up if you're interested. Yes. So Yeah, she's super knowledgeable. So we're going to play that for you uh, in just a minute. What is, <laughs> There's a lot of construction outside. I'm really outside. sorry, everybody. There's a UPS truck backing up. It's, sun, it's a holiday. We're recording this on, on a Monday. Right. Well, the intro. People, why are you working? Right. Anyway, um, yeah, we'll play the episode and then stick around for the end. We're going to go over our next few episodes. Yes, uh, what we have coming up. Yep. But before we do play the interview, you can see clips yes. on our YouTube channel. Just look for Burpee Nation on YouTube or search uh, Burpee Nation Corinna Coffin on YouTube. It'll come right up. We'll link it in the description as well. But there's about 15 or so minutes of clips uh, in there. So those are always fun to check out. Other than that, I think that's it. So let's get to the interview. Yeah. How was your run? Oh, it was terrible. Oh. <laughs> You're in Salt Lake City, right? Yes. Is I mean, it-, it was great, but still, it was a lot of hill sprints, so. Oh. Uh, yeah. The- it's like hilly out there. <laughs> yes. I sit in the grass and I just put my head between my head. Like, it just takes, just sucking the life out of me, but starting to run more and so it's which is good but um it's it still has its painful moments totally that's how running is <laughs> yeah i know right did you take like a little bit of time off from it is that what you're just trying to get back in a well, little bit yeah i mean i think since i think since finishing like really kind of exiting the longer course spartan scene which must have been which must have been really in 2016. Like that was when I really kind of transferred over to CrossFit, but it's, I haven't really taken, I haven't really um, 
really committed to getting back into running until I feel like this year is my first year that I'm really, um, I wouldn't say totally transferring over, but definitely devoting more time to, to running, um, and a lot less gym time, (laughs) which is still, which is still a fair amount of gym time, but it's like in comparison. Yeah. That's hard to do. The gym is so fun sometimes though. I know. But then like this time of year, it's beautiful and good to get out. Running is so cheap though. (laughs) Right. (laughs) How long have you guys been doing your podcast though? Oh, we just started it like what April? Yeah, a few Early months April? ago. Um, we this will be our thirteenth episode, so still pretty fresh. Yeah. yeah, we're both obviously super into OCR, and and we just started doing like some CrossFit stuff. So mm-hmm. we're like, let's let's do this. Why not? Yeah, awesome. Yeah, we have some like you know half marathons, marathons under our belt, but I feel like we're constantly talking about this stuff, and we're like, we just need to do this. <laughs> just like it's almost oh, like therapy. A ton of races. Or, or like entering the more of the scene a bit more. Yeah, yeah. So like I started. When was my first Spartan? Probably 2016 was my first Spartan. Um, yours wasn't until what? Like two years ago. Yeah. I'm 20, 2018, 20. It would probably 2018 because yeah. like COVID throws everything off. I'm like, I know. It was three years ago, but two race years yeah. ago. <laughs> yeah. Um. <laughs> But yeah, and then the marathon. I mean, you've run a few. My, I only ran the one, and now I think it was like 2018, 2019 yeah. also. So yeah. yeah, we just love fitness, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> well, it sounds like you guys do a, a variety of like running and CrossFit and OCR stuff, and that's all my – I love – like that's kind of my jam is a little bit of everything. Yeah. Um, special. Yeah, our like thing. intro to this podcast, we talk about like – this is for like the hybrid Being like athlete. a hybrid athlete, yeah. So that's why we were like, oh, we have to have Corinna on. Because <laughs> you like dabble in a little bit of everything. Yeah, which I mean for better or worse, I guess sometimes that doesn't come in. That's, that's not beneficial. But then in other instances, it's, you know, it's, it's been really fun and has led me to some cool opportunities. So. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny you say that. Actually, I was just, one of my things that I had written down to talk to you about was one of your posts. Um, it was before High Rocks because you went into detail about like being a hybrid athlete. You know, you're kind of like good at a bunch of things, but not you don't really excel at anything. And I can totally relate to that. I'm like, I can pick up a sport and play it. I'm not going to be like amazing at it, but I can kind of do a little bit of everything. And then I think it was like an intro. You saying you were doing the High Rocks Dallas, which you ended up doing fourth. And did you find that to kind of be your your like go like something good for a hybrid athlete? Kind of. I mean, it was definitely, um, I, I think, I mean, it was cool in that I think at the end of the day, like it's still a four and a half mile run and, and, you know, but with all the fitness stations. And mm-hmm. so it definitely evens the playing field a little bit where like, you know, the really skinny mini only runner speedy runners who aren't training anything else, like aren't going to excel no matter how fast you are. Um, but you know, it's, so, I mean, in that regard, I think that was like, that's a really cool component of it. Um, but yeah, after that race, I kind of felt like, man, I, I've been working on my running. So it wasn't terribly slow, but I also, because I've been focusing more on running my, like my CrossFit style or like, all the station stuff wasn't great. And so I kind of felt like after that race now, mind you, like I wasn't training really super specifically for that. Like this year has last year and coming into this year has been more of a focus on my nutrition. Like I'm a dietitian. So like 
um, job and, you know, like last year I had one race, had the Spartan games. And so that was, you know, I really kind of put my head down. Training took a little bit of a back burner, still was there, but, you know, coming into this year, it wasn't like I was doing so much high rocks training. Um, so I felt like I just was a little bit in the middle, like, well, decent at running, decent at the stations, decent placement, like, you know, but, um, so, but it wasn't where I would have wanted to be, but I do think that kind of style, that style races, um, is I, I would fit well with it, with that, with that, that mold, but I just didn't train very well for it and prepare what? as well as I could have. Yeah. I know you said you're kind of focusing on your, your dietitian stuff. Um, are you going as far as training goes, have you started to tailor it to that a little bit more since high rocks or are you kind of still doing something a little different? I mean, it's, I'm still trying to grow my business and, you know, I'm working at for a nonprofit full-time too. So I'm kind of working like two full-time jobs right now on top of trying to train and my boyfriend's in, or my, sorry, husband. Congrats, <laughs> yes! by the way. <laughs> I'm like, my husband in the Navy. So like just between traveling to see him and I've just, um, you know, it's still, still that priority is, you know, my relationship with him and, um, and then work with a close second, you know, as much yeah. training and, and racing as I can, but it's not like, I'm not trying to make a living off of that. So it's more of my f- fun hobby that, um, kind of opens some cool doors and opportunities to travel and, uh, meet cool people and, and kind of hone in on that competitive side of me. But, um, you know, it's not, but it's, it's by no means like on the front burner of everything. Mm-hmm. I do. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like um, when I was like researching some stuff about you, I saw that you were doing stuff for like the nonprofit. Like you said, they were like recovery individuals. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's all rec- the recovery community for okay. substance alcohol. So how did you get involved in that or like how involved in that are you? It's, it's funny. Um, I never thought I would be working with, you know, within with the recovery population or, um, you know, I don't have any, like I personally have not been in recovery from drugs, alcohol, any type of substances. But, um, when I was in grad school out here at the university of Utah, I, part of my graduate assistant work was, um, for like teaching nutrition classes for, um, individuals in recovery, like recovery homes, a lot of, um, young mothers, um, single mothers who were in recovery. And I did a lot of weekly teaching with them. And so my teacher who I kind of co-led those classes with, she texted me kind of out of the blue a year after I graduated. And I was just running my own, you know, private practice with nutrition, with nutrition coaching. And she texted me and was like, Hey, there's, I'm on the board for this nonprofit called fit to recover. And, um, you know, they need another coach or they're looking for a coach. And I just thought of you and, um, thought you'd be a great match. Like, let me know if you're interested. And this was like at the height of COVID. This was like last summer, last May, I think I was like, you know what? I really miss coaching. I've been looking to kind of coach somewhere, even like just really part-time on top of everything and kind of finally have that human connection since all of my nutrition coaching is remote. And so I interviewed and got the position. And then I was just coaching a handful of classes a week and their dietitian left about a month after I got there. And so I got offered that job wow. and it was part time at first with the coaching and then it turned full time in January. And so, 
um, just learned a lot from my experience there from both from a coaching side of things and from, you know, nutrition specific to that population. And the coolest thing I think besides having like a community that, um, you know, I, I didn't really have beforehand, you know, COVID, I was doing a lot of running and solo training and like with my, with my husband, but that's it. And so it was aside from the community, it was cool to kind of break down that barrier of um, talking about substance use, substance misuse. And like, I feel like there's a stigma around that where, you know, if you're not in recovery, like it's an awkward topic to to like, you would never in a million years think you'd like ask someone, like, tell me about your history with, you know, alcohol yeah. or drug or, you know, and it, like, you know, it feels intrusive. And then a lot of times an individual in recovery wouldn't want to like open up to you about that. And so I feel like that's been a really unique part of my job, connecting with all the wonderful um, people in the community that I work, I work within and to kind of break down those walls and learn about everyone's unique story and their struggles and, and just, you know, relating in other ways, like, cause we all struggle as human beings. And so it's not, it's not like, Oh, your addiction, like your, um, your hardships, your challenges, like we've all, we all have those and they're just like, they look different for everyone. Um, and so it's not as much of a gap between the two as I think a lot of people yeah. Yeah. I, I was going to say, I feel like it is kind of like a, people are like afraid to talk about it yeah. kind of thing. Um, and it's actually interesting. Like we had uh, one of our earlier episodes, we had somebody who's a CrossFit coach more locally to us and they have a class there that's totally free to reco- people in recovery. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, like the, I think like the more we do talk about it and the more we bring light to it, the more these people are going to get help. And um, I guess like one question I thought of was, you know, I obviously, like you said, like we're all struggling in some way, shape or form. So, but are there any challenges specific to people in recovery that you found uh, either interesting or that you weren't expecting that, that differs from people not in recovery? Yeah. I mean, when you're, I mean, working with, working with addicts, it's, that's an addictive personality across the board. So mm-hmm. it's, it's not just towards drugs and alcohol. It's, you know, now it's, it's fitness. If it, you know, okay, they're not using. So a lot of times, you know, that addiction can turn toward fitness that can turn towards food and that can result in like, you know, orthorexia or, um, disordered eating habits, you know, so non-exercise related like the orthorexia, but like, you know, with just being obsessive about food intake mm-hmm. and the struggle, especially as the dietitian there is, you know, you're working with individuals who have really kind of abused their bodies in some way, shape or form with substances. And now they're in this huge nutrient deficit, essentially, and getting, you know, part of that recovery process is learning how to, you know, love their bodies again and love themselves and and treat themselves with respect. And, um, you know, that, that very much involves, you know, your relationship with food and what you put into your body. And so, um, you know, it's, it's, it's a struggle because you go from using and a lot of, a lot of our individuals went from being very thin, right. Undernourished, like undernourished, very skinny. And then they go into, you know, 30, 60, 90 day treatment. And now all of a sudden they're off their substances, they're on medications, they're, um, 
you know, getting fed three meals a day plus snacks and all of a sudden like their body's changing and it's a really hard place to be in because they're, you know, already going through the challenges of recovering um, or, you know, withdrawal from their substance. And now it's like you throw in all these changes with their body um, and it's, it's a, it's a struggle. So I think helping a lot of my, my role right now is helping individuals with that relationship with food and seeing it as a tool and a necessity instead of like immediately trying to think of like, okay, how do I lose all this weight that I gained from finally giving my body the nutrients it needs. And so, um, you know, there's a lot of black and white thinking, a lot of, you know, one end of the spectrum or the other. And there's a lot of this, there's not a lot of this middle ground balanced, um, area. And so that's like that. It's, that's certainly, an area of focus and a big challenge that I face on a daily basis with my work. Yeah. It it sounds like something that's maybe not like immediately rewarding of a, of a career, but potentially like long-term could be very reward, like more rewarding than any other job basically. Yeah. I've, I've found a lot of value in this, in this position. And I think the cool thing is that, you know, I've, I'm a coach, so I'm still coaching seven classes a week and, and half of my classes are treat center classes. So we'll have people who are, um, you know, in their 30, 60 day inpatient, intensive inpatient treatment, they come, you know, in a van to our gym and we're teaching just their small group. And so I get to see them step foot inside a gym that maybe they haven't been in for years. Like some people are like, I haven't been in a gym since high school and they're, you know, grown adult. And so it's cool to see them, you know, five days detox coming into the gym, moving their body, doing things that they never thought they would be doing in, and then get to see them on a weekly basis and see their kind of transformation journey as they, you know, continue along in their recovery. And so, and then because I have, they, you know, we have that connection and relationship and trust built through fitness then that conversation around nutrition becomes a little bit easier. Um, you know, nutrition can be such a touchy subject for some people and no one just likes you come in left field and talk about, you know, what you should or shouldn't be doing nutrition wise. Um, so it's, you know, you, you start to establish that relationship, build that relationship, the trust. Um, and you can come in at an angle where it's, um, doesn't, doesn't seem as aggressive in terms of, you know, telling someone what to do. It's more of just getting to know that individual and then maybe making some little suggestions here and there that, you know, maybe they, an angle they haven't viewed nutrition in before. So it's a, it's, yeah, like you said, it's it's not like overnight, this transformation, it's this, you know, very gradual, but very rewarding process. Yeah. This is like super interesting. Not something we wrote down, but you made me think of when you say like nutrition is so touchy, it like made me think of Cause it really is. And like with social media and everything out there, I mean, do you struggle with people like coming to, you know, work with you and speak with you and are talking about like celebrities or social media or anything like referencing their diet or habits or whatever? I think one of the hardest things about being a dietitian this day and age is that there's so much information and misinformation out there because everyone's a self-proclaimed expert in nutrition that, I mean, half the battle, maybe even three quarters of the battle is just trying to, trying to, um, write the misinformation or 
you know, some, some people have had certain thoughts in their head for so long because it's repeated in our diet culture and, um, you know, and so getting them to think differently after being kind of brainwashed with really a a ton of, um, ill-informed people. It's like, I mean, that's a, that that's not something that you just say, you know, tell someone once and then they're going to like totally shift their mindset. So like a lot of times that's, that's the bigger battle is, is just getting them, getting individuals to think a little bit differently after hearing so many messages that, you know, are just misleading. That's a nice way to, of saying, clear up all the bullshit that's out there basically (laughs) seriously yeah google's 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 a great thing but also a terrible thing at the same time well and especially with an athletic population which i i um a lot of i I don't always work with athletes it's not a criteria of mine necessarily but i really enjoy working with individuals who uh, you know i work with a lot of recreationally active individuals or um you know professional athletes or kind of somewhere in between and i think it's cool um you know i especially pre- enjoy that because because you get to see you know you get to work with someone who you know has actual performance outcomes instead of just like this weight loss changing your you know you know want body composition changes and whatnot which is all fine and and you know you see that a lot but it's cool to help someone fuel their body appropriately and then have them see that transformation from a performance standpoint and just feel, you know, a hundred 180 degree turnaround difference in their performance um, because they're finally feeling themselves, you know, appropriately instead of feeling themselves to look a certain way, fit a certain mold in a sport that really shouldn't or doesn't have, you know, that one body type that works for it. So um, I get a lot of, you know, that's really rewarding for me uh, because I've been there, you know, that was my struggle was I look back to my early OCR days and I fueled <laughs> so terribly. I mean, I always say this, I feel like it's always in my podcast that ever I'm on, but like I totally bombed my nutrition for the 2014 Spartan World Championship. And I didn't, I came in second by like less than three minutes. And so I just think about that last span of really tough obstacles. And I had I was like hanging on by a thread. And when I look back to the lack of caloric intake over the four and a half hours that we were racing, I just kind of kicked myself because I think it could have been a totally different outcome had I been smarter about that. Um, But, you know, you live and you learn and I want, you know, definitely to help others not make the same mistakes I did and catch that early on and start to see the value of sports nutrition or performance nutrition. Yeah. Which speaking of which, you are a part of like Nicole's OCR dream team. Are you like the dietitian for that? So how did like that come up? How did you get involved in that? Yeah, we've had, we, so it's myself and then Kylie Van Horn. She's another RD registered dietitian. And so she and I are kind of tag teaming the nutrition side of things. And, you know, I've known Nicole for a while since she just first entered the sport. We lived, we both lived in Boulder briefly, had a brief overlap. Um, and so, you know, we've always been in touch through there, but I think, um, you know, I've, I really enjoy working with OCR athletes. And so I think, you know, when she reached out and, and, um, told me what she was doing and the mission behind her project, I was, you know, didn't hesitate to want to be involved because I think it's a, it's, it's such a great, um, you know, such a great idea and there's not a lot of attention beforehand. There has not been a lot of attention 
going toward, you know, building, building our sport and especially on the female side. And so I think it's a really cool thing to be a part of and watch grow. And, you know, I, I think why not, especially as some of like the, the older folks in the OCR world, you know, even though I don't, <laughs> you know, even though I'm, I'm still in my twenties, like it's, um, it's cool to see younger pop, like younger generations kind of come up and, and really fall in love with a sport at really young age and try to help mentor them, um, as they go through it. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I mean, I didn't, I mean, I, what was I, uh, 28, 29, 30, mm-hmm. something? Like, I was already in my late 20s by the time I ran my first race. So, like, I am really, like, I'm super interested to see 10, 20 years from now, like, how early people are getting into it. Because, I mean, you got people like VJ Jones out there who's, I think he's, like, 22, already, like, excelling in the sport. There's a, a bunch of other people in there, like, way early 20s. So, I'm I'm really intrigued to see. And, like, something like this is great to get – because you're right, like the, the the male side of things, for whatever reason, is already like that. You don't have to do any work there. Um, the female side of things, for some reason, like females, I don't know if they're like scared to to try it out or or whatever. I don't know what it is, but anything that can help younger athletes, especially on the female side, kind of discover the sport, fall in love with the sport, because it's a it's an amazing sport. I mean, I feel I have spoken to very few people who are competitive and athletes who have tried it and didn't like it. So I think people, once they take that jump, you know what I mean? I think they're hooked. Yeah. And it's funny because I feel like the, you know, you got a lot of young guys and, um, you know, you still have some of the older, you know, older twenties, low thirties guys crushing it. But like, I feel like the women are definitely on the older side that, that continue. Like it's, I remember I was 21 when I did, you know, my first very competitive year of OCR. And I just remember, you know, like, um, gosh, I mean, I remember April D back when she was in the game and then, um, I'm blanking on, uh, uh, shoot, I'm blanking on some of these names, but you know, a couple of the gals who are just crushing me and they were in their, you know, mid to low thirties and they had kids and it was just, it was cool. I just remember being like, Oh my gosh, I'm getting my ass kicked by these moms. And, the, and but cool, but it was cool. Like, that's awesome. Like, wow. Good. Like good for them. I, I, and I'm looking forward to like developing into a stronger athlete as I, you know, age. And so it's cool to see some of these younger girls step in, but it's also cool to see, you know, some of the original, you know, obstacle course racers still, you know, still doing, you know, still hanging tough with everyone like Rose Wet. I, I was just going to say, I think I've seen, I saw her pop up at a race recently that she podiumed yeah. at. Yeah. So, I mean, it's cool. I think, I think like it's a, it's a fun sport to be involved in regardless of, you know, where you're at in your, you know, athletic journey. But I think it's, I think it's empowering for women too, because there's a strength component. There's the, um, you know, there's that gritty kind of get, get in the mud component. That's just like, brings us all back to hopefully like our childhood roots a little bit. And then, um, but the training is so dynamic for it and you're not really going to find that anywhere else, like the running and then the strength training and then the obstacle proficiency. Like that's, that's pretty unique, um, that, you know, you're not gonna, you don't get many places. Yeah. And like you had mentioned, um, 2014, when you got second, you know, if you had known what you know now, probably would have maybe done a little bit better. 
now that you you do know that much, you know, and, and going into things like high rocks and you know, I don't know if you have plans to do any other Spartans, but do you think that kind of helps you, gives you a little bit of an edge now, or do you think that, um, you know, I, I don't know if the other pro women have diet, maybe they're working with dietitians and they kind of know some of the, the tips and tricks too, but does that help? Yeah, you I don't know. It do, I mean, it certainly does. I feel like a lot of times, I mean, just because I know a lot of the information doesn't mean I always execute effectively. <laughs> you know, I feel like, especially when I think back to, you know, this past winter, my husband left for boot camp. So I was by myself and work was like work went full time. So I was doing my nutrition coaching plus my full, you know, full time at my nonprofit plus trying to train. And I'm not going to lie, like my nutrition was not like I was just under fueling. I, my priority was not on fueling for my training. It wasn't on my training um, 100%, of course, because I had so many other things going on. And, you know, I just like anyone else I have seasons of nutrition where I'm like really dialed in depending on, um, you know, what I've got going on and what I'm what I have up ahead on the horizon. But for me, it's never a quality issue with food. It's more of eating enough. It's, it's getting the right nutrients at the right timing and prioritizing, um, you know, my meals and snacks throughout the day. And, you know, just like anyone that's gonna, I, I slack off in certain areas if that's not a top priority. And so, um, yeah, when I'm, when I'm dialed in, I think that's a, it's a huge, um, it gives me a huge advantage or it can, it has the potential to do that. Um, because there's plenty, plenty of athletes in our sport that are training a ton under fueling. And it's only a matter of time before injury gets them or they just start to see a decline in their performance. So having that knowledge certainly has the, uh, has the ability to give me that leg up. It's just making sure that, you know, making that the, a priority and a focus. Yeah. And, and like, I know, you know, Food's good, you know what I mean. Like the hot wings are delicious, you know what I mean. So, yeah. <laughs> like that in itself, like I you could, I could go to school for ten years for dietitian, nutrition, all that kind of stuff, and I'm still gonna look at those hot wings and be like, you know what, today's the day. I'm gonna get them. Oh yeah. <laughs> On the wedding night, I had pizza and hot wings, yes. and it was <laughs> it was perfect. I I do not have. There are no foods that I'm like, I'll never eat that. I. I love all, food, but I think the majority, like the majority of the time I'm feeling for, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about, you know, how this food is translating to enhancing my, you know, health performance, um, you know, and of course I like to make it taste good. So it's not like I'm just a robot trying to like yeah. give right. up, like just eating for performance and that's it. I have a lot. I, I get a lot of enjoyment out of food too. So it's yeah. a balance. For those who think you just have to eat rice and chicken all the time, like, nah, right. it's not like that. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have you to get on? Yeah. Do you have to like alter your food depending on like what you're training for? Like, are you training for something right now? So, right. That's a good question. I just put a race on my schedule. Well, so first of all, obstacle racing media came out with, uh, you know, some intel on the Spartan games happening for sure this year, um, which I knew there was rumors. Like I knew that was likely to happen. So in the back of my mind, I'm like, all right, you've got to just keep training all these different, <laughs> all these different disciplines. Like don't slack off on those. But, um, you know, I did, I have the Utah beast um, because I'm here and my 
um, I, I definitely, I think that's going to be like my first long distance, like competitive OCR that I get back into since 2016. So that'll be kind of exciting. Uh, yeah, I know. <laughs> so I think, you know, and, and so, yes, I think that, um, you know, with long, with longer distance running, putting in more overall training volume, you know, my, my, my nutrition definitely has to adjust for a getting enough food in across my day, but then also being a little bit more, um, dialed in with my, um, timing, my nutrient, nutrient timing throughout the day. And, you know, especially that pre during and post, um, workout or training period, because especially if I'm doing longer runs, you know, when you start bringing hydration and, you know, carbohydrates with me and making sure I'm, you know, have, have a recovery, um, shake or snack with me afterwards. And just, so being more dialed in that way, instead of just like, Oh yeah, I'll eat when I get home. And then by the time you get home, it's and chat, like finish chatting with your friends at the trailhead and then get home, it's been an hour and then you're just ravenous and you eat literally the whole house. And it's just <laughs> people all to eat dinner. So it's, it ends up like, been there. like everyone's <laughs> examined on all these things. So I, that's you know, being, that's our, that's our daily life. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> now, so a little bit of additional like forethought and planning when it comes to, um, you know, those longer distance things than with the strength training. Um, again, I mean, the, the common theme, the underlying theme is eating enough. Um, and you know, especially carbohydrates because I, you know, it's, it's when you're kind of just eating just for general health, I tend to, you know, eat really balanced and, um, meaning, you know, variety of all the different food groups and, um, lots of fruits and vegetables. But I notice that sometimes like when you eat for health, sometimes you're not, eating for health is one, one circle. It's like a Venn diagram. And then having, you know, eating for performance is another, there's definitely a, you know, good amount of overlap, but they're not completely overlapped. And so if you are only focused on eating for health, you can absolutely miss out a lot on some of those perf like those performance advantages from, you know, other, like slightly different nutrition strategies and same for nutrition, your sports nutrition or performance nutrition, like you're not just because you are feeling well for performance doesn't mean you're hitting a lot of the nutrients that you need for, you know, just good health. So you really, when I work with clients, I have the same approach that I use for myself, but it's like trying to get as much overlap of the two as possible for performance and health. Um, but obviously like we're monitoring performance outcomes. So like, that's a top priority. I'm not trying to do that at the expense of anyone's health or yeah. health. So it gets a little, there's a lot to like, you know, there's a lot of thought that goes into it and planning and can't just wing it. So, yeah, I feel like too, like when women hear carbs, they're like, no, <laughs> yes. Oh, believe me. That is a lot of my, it's a lot of my struggle with our female population, but you know, and it took me, it took me, I had to experience it for myself too. Cause I remember training for, um, CrossFit games and, um, I did regionals in 2017 and then regionals in 2017, we qualified for the games in 2018 as a team. And I just remember, I, I remember my, I had my husband help me with my nutrition because, you know, just like anyone else, you're a little biased when you do your own nutrition a little bit, like you're, you know, you're like, well, maybe I don't need that. And then, so I had my husband help me with it. And at first I was like, there's no way I can eat this much food. Like that's ridiculous. And then you know, after a couple of days of it, it started to feel more normal and I actually started getting really hungry, uh, which tends to happen as your you know metabolic rate starts to adapt to a higher intake that's more appropriate for your expenditure. And, um, 
And then I just remember kicking ass in my training. It was like a totally new me. I was like, what is yeah. going on? <laughs> it was the carbs. And I was just like, oh my God. New this, carbs, new me. This feels great. I never want to go back to whatever I was doing before. So and it wasn't that I was anti, I was certainly not anti-carb before, but I didn't realize just how much carbohydrate, you know, I needed for, you know, the, t- the type of training I was doing. And, um, you know, I was very pleasantly surprised when I, you know, to, to actually firsthand experience and feel the, the difference. And, you know, that's a cool feeling when I help clients with that too. It's like that aha moment, like, Oh my God, my, my recovery was great. Or, you know, I was able to go farther, lift heavier, you know, than I have ever done before. So it's, um, it, carbs, carbs to have a little <laughs> They, poor things they just get so they just get trashed by most that's great news because i love bread so i love bread too bread. bread is a staple in my and again not to say that's for everyone but at the same time like all the bread haters out there need to calm down yeah <laughs> Give me like a good Italian or, or like a baguette. Or oh, everybody man. listening to this right now is like, right. yeah, bread. Well, <laughs> bread, get the French loaves. Right. Yep, let's go. We'll like, we'll like go to Panera and she'll get a sandwich and I'm like, can I have your your little baguette in there, please? I'm like eating both <laughs> of them. Bread's so good. Oh my God, it's delicious. Yeah, deserve. Um, and you can, people listening can actually sign up for, for your coaching, right? Your uh, yeah, the RD athlete. Yep, theRDathlete.com. I'm currently maxed out right now with my nutrition coach, which is a great problem to have. <laughs> yeah, great. that's awesome. But I will, um, yeah. So, so right now it's a little bit of a wait time, you know, six to eight weeks or so. But I should have more of an opening in the next couple of months. But yeah, um, I I work with all. You know, don't have to be an athlete to to work with me. I think it's just um, you know desire to you know, that education piece is really important to me. And like, I don't want, I want to, I want to help educate so that individuals don't need me long-term. It's more of like, let me get this really, like, let me learn a lot from Karuna, um, you know, a couple months time. And then hopefully I set you up well enough to venture out into your world and, <laughs> and make, make decisions that make sense for you and your training and your goals. Right. Leave the nest. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. <laughs> um, can I backtrack real quick before we let you peace out? Um, so you mentioned Spartan Games. Did they send any like invites out or anything yet? Or I, no, they haven't. So all I know is like Matt said, it's happening. I'm wondering like, well, should do does like the first do the first three guys or girls at least get a bought, like a shoe in invite? Because I don't right. know how. I don't know if they're gonna do some sort of. I can't imagine them doing some sort of qualification thing, maybe like application based. Cause I like could be cool because now a lot of people know about it. And so they kind of, you know, people can submit maybe like a race resume or, or something. Cause I know that they were pulling together guys and girls kind of last minute last year, but right. um, you know, we kind of got a sense of, you know, what backgrounds would really do well in some of these things. And I don't know if they'll keep the same format or switch things up a little bit. Um, but yeah, I'm hoping I get an invite again and, and, um, you know, can hone in on some of my weaknesses from there and, and, uh, that would be really fun to do again. Yeah. Do, are you, are you pressed for time? I actually had another quick question. Oh no. Yeah. yeah. Um, so like speaking of the Spartan games, we didn't really talk about it, but you know, <laughs> obviously you got second, anybody listening who didn't know that you got second. So 
what uh what would you kind of think training wise or or even just mentally like what would you do differently to get that top position so i was really you know i was really proud of my performance in the spartan games because um you know, i really i came in top 5 in in all the 10 you know i think fifth place was my worst finish in all the five events um now granted that was with the the pooling, the group that we had. So, you know, potentially with a more maybe diverse group of individuals or maybe even less diverse in terms of like maybe not hardcore specialing in any one thing and then having a lot of hybrid athletes, like that could be a totally different story. But I was at least in that event or in that competition, I was just really happy with my overall like ability to stay consistent. Um, so I don't know, like, I know that the running, um, the, the, the ultra endurance running kind of got to me. And I think in the Spartan cross against Lindsay, <clears throat> you know, my running it came down to the Spartan cross event and, you know, she just beat me out running, you know, by a long shot. And so, um, you know, that's an area that I'm working on, um, this year. And, um, but at the same time, it's hard, like when you, when you focus, when you single your sights on one thing to improve at, there's 10 other things that you're not, you know, right. you're neglecting. And so with an event like that, it's almost like, do you focus, you just hone in on one thing or do you just make sure you're kind of doing a little bit of everything for, you know, like getting it, like getting some swim days in, getting some running in, getting some biking in, getting some gym training. Like it, it becomes a lot, like it's really hard to train for all of those things. Um, but I really enjoy training for all those things. I think I have a little bit of like, you know, fitness ADD, but in a way it's just like, I just like to do what, um, what I get enjoyment out of. And if I'm tired of running for so many days in a row, it's like, man, I just want to lift something heavy. And then like, Oh, I want to give my legs, you know, I want to give my, my legs a break from just actual impact and get on a bike and ride some trails. And I think being in Utah here has been really awesome to hone in on so many different area disciplines of sport um so yeah so i don't know if i would change anything in particular i think i would just maybe do more of it because <laughs> um because last year like i said my training was very limited i i really i really devote a lot more time to um especially the second half of the year it's like oh there's not gonna be any races like you know some days i'd get 30 minutes of training in and some days I wouldn't get any. And then some days I would get, you know, an hour and a half. So it would be all over the place. And I think it was really good for me mentally because I was able to just accept that like, okay, well here, like I have a 40 minute window today and I'm just going to maximize that 40 minute window. And I'm not going to harp on it. I'm not going to like be down because I didn't check off all this programming. Like I kind of just programmed for myself. Um, and you know, and, and actually, sorry, I've been programmed for myself now so that's a little bit of my training right now but like you know i was my husband was programming for me last year a little bit or i would just hop in on all his military like kind of training and so which is very well-rounded too so swimming and lifting and running but um you know it was good for me to kind of just take a step back and realize okay what's really important right now like let me get my priorities straight and so coming into this year um you know i, I think i have a little bit more time once to devote to training here and there. Um, and so I think it's just having a little bit more insight into what the Spartan games involves, maybe, um, 
incorporating a little bit of those specific elements in on a regular basis. But okay. I hope they keep all that. I hope they keep the wrestling. I hope they keep all the strength <laughs> and the running and biking. Like, I think it's, I mean, if they're going to do something like that again, it really, it should be varied. Yeah, um, totally. You know, and so. you mentioned Spartan cross. I think that's a really interesting format. Like the, less running, more obstacles, um, sort of thing. Like, do you do it? Did you enjoy that, that event? Yeah, I really did. Cause I love obstacles. It's just the, um, you know, it's, it's the running that kind of gets to me a little bit just because it's, I haven't been training as much running, but I, I love some obstacles and that was really challenging. I mean, our grip, I remember after day one, like our grip, I wore gloves to start because I knew that this is day one. Like yeah. if I dip, it's going to be a hell of a weekend. So, um, so yeah, I remember just afterwards, everyone's just pumped. We're just so tired. This is, this is a, this is a different kind of beast. Um, but it's one thing to, it's one thing to be able to run long distances with obstacles spaced out, like every couple miles. It's another thing to have like, you know, 13 obstacles in a half mile or one mile setting. And, do it multiple times. Um, so, you know, it comes down to a lot of that grip strength yeah. and proficiency. Like how long are you spending hanging on these bars? Can you move through it more swiftly? And um, I think that's a skill that is necessary in OCR and some of these races, there's, there's kind of a lack of obstacles yeah. and running component with some easy obstacles. It's like, no, like let's, let's make these challenging. Cause um, I think that's what a lot of people really enjoy is, you know, having that challenge, that mandatory obstacle completion, or, you know, being able to reattempt. I think that's what, what's exciting and keeps people on their toes. Yeah, totally. It's a, it's a cool format. And, and it's kind of, um, like I know this past weekend, I don't know if you saw any of the Hildervat coverage, uh, but that was a really cool event too. And it reminded me of Spartan cross. I think Spartan said they might do that in 2022, have an actual like Spartan cross thing. But did you, did you originally get invited down to Hildervat? I thought, yes. I, I okay. Think- yeah, so I told them last Monday that I I I couldn't go because of my just marriage, you know, sit like actually getting married and military. I'd say it's a little more important, I would yeah. think. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yes, it was. I I was really looking forward to that race, um, but yeah, there's there's a priority there yeah, with right, right, <laughs> like something as big as that. So yeah. I was I was bummed to have missed it. I think it was a really cool. Uh, it was a really cool format. So I hope. I hope they, I think they have another one on their calendar, but yeah, I saw I, one more. I'm doing this grit OCR fitness event down in Texas. I think it's beginning of July or mid July. And it's like, there's five different events. One is, um, one is like obstacle. It's like an obstacle course race. You're running obstacles. One is kind of like a short course obstacle, like American Ninja warrior type oh, course. Cool. That's cool. Make this in the least amount of time. One is, um, like an endurance, you know, you run 400 meters and then max burpees in the remaining, like it's three minutes to do a 400 meter and, and then you max burpees in the remaining time. And then there's like a last man, there's a strong man thing. So they have like a lot of strength, like it's all strength oriented. And then they have their fifth competition is like this super like last man standing kind of endurance, uh, but like grip strength endurance. So I, I was reading about that. Um, the other day I was talking with Kenny, who's the founder of that. And I was like, damn, this sounds like a really cool event. And for me, it's just, 
fun to get back on obstacles, like something like that. Um, you know, kind of get out of practice a little bit. And, yeah. uh, so I think, I think just even being involved in something like that would be really cool to sharpen up my skills for <laughs> whatever comes next. So yeah, yeah that's totally. awesome. That seems really fun. When is that July? You said July 11th okay. in Texas. That's so, cool. Brit, Brit OCR we'll have to check that out. Uh, we'll be in Palmerton. You should. Oh yeah. Yeah. I'm, I got to say though, your background's really cool. I yes, like your, the, lights the lights and the bike. Okay. <laughs> yes. Well, in my humble abode of an apartment, you can't see the ground, which has um, all of my clothes still in my suitcase from my <laughs> But yeah, this is um, our small apartment and um, we have no space, no yeah. storage space. Bikes just, the bikes just live up there. And, um, well, it works great for a podcast. It really does. So. Thanks. That's great. He's me with that 40 look, you know? Yes. (laughs) Carbs are good. That's what I got out of that 46-minute interview. Yeah, I'm pretty sure, like, well, we ate all the bread after talking to her. All the bread in the house. She approved it. eat most of it. She approved it. Anyway, but yeah. (laughs) I got the thumbs up. Yeah. So. Yep. That explains why I'm always so properly fueled. It's the hot wings and the pizza <laughs> and, the, and the bread. That gets you through your workouts. <laughs> That's why. Uh, so that was great. She is a pleasure to talk to. Absolutely pleasure. So nice. She's so nice. She's so nice. I know. That was great. Great combo. Yeah. Thanks, Karina. But, um, yeah, I mean, like, I think a big thing that we learn is that, like, people are scared of carbs. And if you're an athlete, like, carbs are fuel. Not even carbs, but, like, eating enough. Right. Like, like she said. Yeah, she said other athletes are training a lot, mm-hmm. but under fueling. Yeah. And that the one race that she, she talked about where she did that, you know, she was she knew what she knew now. Um, but, like, I was telling you i have like personal experience with this like training for my marathons like i'm never hungry in the morning and i always did my long runs in the morning so i would get to like two three miles in and then would start eating a little bit of something on the run and then would run a few more miles and would eat a little bit more like when i felt dizzy and then i would run and feel dizzy again (laughs) nope (laughs) so like i wish i had not a good measuring stick not at all not at all Starting to feel dizzy. I guess I should eat. I guess I should have this orange. <laughs> I and it's one of those things where I've always heard when you're running, especially, um, but any really kind of event, mm-hmm. you know what I mean. But like an OCR or running a yeah. marathon, like it's three, four, five, six miles, you know, whatever it is, it's gonna take over an hour probably. Um, if you start to feel hungry, it's too late. Oh, it's so true. You have to like fuel ahead of time. To prevent that feeling because once you start to feel hungry, you're done. Yeah. And I think like this is like silly of me, (laughs) but like I think when I thought like nutritionist um, or dietitian, like I think of losing weight and it's not that. Like if you're an athlete or like a racer, right? it's it's about fueling, like what you're putting in your body. And so super interesting. I'm sure there are some who are like, geared towards helping people lose weight yeah properly oh, yeah and everything like that but like in corinna's case again the rdathlete.com if you're interested in, in seeing about um some of her stuff but like she is main like she said she 
will help anybody, but like her ex- expertise, so to speak, is athletes and mm-hmm. helping them properly fuel and making sure they're getting the right fuel. Yeah. And making sure they're not afraid of carbs. Yeah. Because carbs are energy, basically. Right. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, stay tuned on the Spartan Games. Yeah, when we hear something about that. Um, yeah, we'll totally update you. Hopefully, Corinna gets an automatic invite. Yeah, she got second last year, so right. I don't see why she wouldn't. Um, and again, if you want to follow her, CS Coffin 13, all this will be in the, the description. description. You can watch some of the YouTube clips on our uh, YouTube page. Make sure you subscribe to that. Uh, Lindsay, her Instagram is staywild underscore Lindsay. Mine is Adam G underscore OCR. We do also have a Facebook page. Just search for Burpee Nation. Uh, coming up in the next few weeks, we already have basically the next three weeks of episodes planned out, right? Yeah. So, um, busy. you know, we're, we're releasing this episode right after Memorial Day weekend. Mm-hmm. And for many of you who CrossFit, um, you've probably done the Murph at least once this last past weekend. So next week, we are going to do an episode about the Murph. All about it. We're going to give you a little backstory as to why the Murph is something that is done on Memorial Day, but then we're also right. going to go over the, the workout itself, maybe how you can partition, unpartition. Yeah, different um, modifications. Right. All of it. Right. And I think we might have somebody else join us. We'll see um, to talk about that. Uh, and then the week after that, we will be at Tri-State New York Spartan. Yay! So we're going to have, yeah, we're going to have another race episode. So that'll be fun. We'll, we'll have some, uh, an obstacle video mm-hmm. to post on YouTube. So again, make sure you go to that page. The week after that, I believe we're scheduled to have on David Megida, who also has he's done Spartan, High Rocks, DECA, all kinds of stuff. I think he got second at the High Rocks Invitational oh, okay. in Dallas for the men. Wow. So a lot of a lot of uh, our guests recently yeah. <laughs> were at that event. I think Faith was there. Yeah. Uh, Rebecca was there. Corinna was there. And then David Megida is there. Yeah. That's so awesome. We're just... Interviewing everybody, I guess. I don't know. Um, So make sure you stay tuned for that as well. Uh, But that should do it for this episode. Um, Again, subscribe, follow, all that stuff. Thank you very much for listening. um, And we hope to see you on the next episode. See you, everybody.